Welcome to Charter Central, a podcast for educational leaders brought to you by Central Michigan University, the Center for Charter Schools. Uh, I am here today with my colleagues, Janelle and Megan. Welcome, guys. Hello. Good to be here today and talking about clean water. A really exciting uh, concept that Janelle pulled together for us on school drinking water and ensuring clean drinking water. We have an opportunity to chat with um, Stephanie Yassine and Lily Lefevre from Escuelab on Samos. And then we also have an opportunity to chat with Holly Golke, who is the school drinking water coordinator from the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy. Yeah, really insightful conversation about a very important topic to the health of the students in our school buildings. So grateful to have Holly on as a, a resource from the state of Michigan. Um, Stephanie and Lily will share a little bit more about how that process has looked in their school and some of the great activities they've done with their students. Um, and just a reminder too, if you're a new listener, um, you can find all of our episodes on our website, which is the centerforcharters.org. We're also available on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, just really recommend that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode um, and really, really looking forward to this important conversation today and hope it's a helpful resource for our partner schools. Welcome to Charter Central, a podcast for education leaders. Here with our guest, Holly Golke, who is the school drinking water coordinator for the Michigan Department of Environment and Great Lakes and Energy. Welcome, Holly. Yes, thank you, Orlando. Happy to be here today. And as I mentioned, Holly is working with the school drinking water program at the state of Michigan. Holly, for our listeners that are unfamiliar with the program or the work that you all do, can you provide an overview of what that work looks like and some of the goals of the program? Sure. About five years ago, I would say, um, I think it was about five years ago, Eagle created the school drinking water program to promote healthy drinking water in school and childcare buildings. Our focus is on the schools that get their water from a community water system. Uh, since there's currently no regulatory requirements for drinking water in those buildings. Uh, just to mention schools that have their own water source, uh, such as a well water uh, source, they are regulated under the Michigan Safe Drinking Water Act and oversight is uh, provided by local health departments for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. The program that we have here at Eagle is designed to provide technical assistance, guidance, and resources for school who reach out for help or want more information on their drinking water quality. And our program uses funds specifically allocated towards schools and childcare facilities. Currently, I have a grant to test for lead. And this money comes from the Water Infrastructure Improvements for the Nation Act, um, acronym 
is WIN, which comes from the EPA or the Environmental Protection Agency. This program that we have uh, is entirely free to eligible schools. And the goal of the program is to reduce the child, reduce childhood lead exposure. And uh, there is some eligibility for this grant money. And that is based on facilities in disadvantaged communities that are at high risk for lead exposure in children. To, uh, to find out what facilities meet that criteria, I work with the Department of Health and Human Services to prioritize those facilities based on data that they get of children with blood lead levels greater than five micrograms per deciliter and other social vulnerability information. <clears throat> to uh, make this program easier for administrators to participate, I determine the eligibility and I mail out invitations and then they simply tell me if they want to participate. And that means there's no lengthy uh, grant application process for schools or child cares. So we're trying to help them out as much as we can. And that's great. Our, I'm sorry, go ahead, Orlando. Well, I was just going to say that's great because we know that administrators and school officials mm -hmm. have so much on their plate and making it easy for them is, is definitely a key to ensuring healthy drinking water. Uh, we, uh, for those of us that followed the Flint water crisis, we know how important Flint water, how, how important clean water is, um, and, and really excited to hear that you're offering this service to schools. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering, if, because I know that there was some materials on your website that talked about uh, buildings being closed and then reopened. And uh, can you talk a little bit about um, for schools that, that have through this COVID pandemic had to shut down for one reason or another or shut down on a regular basis uh, because of COVID, what, is the, what do those protocols look like to ensure that um, students in the building uh, are, are, are exposed to water that is healthy and, and clean for them? Yes, the um, stagnant water is the number one cause of bacteria, lead, and copper problems in any plumbing system. And the shutdown of the schools due to the pandemic really exacerbated drinking water quality problems. Um, just to give you a little information, water is a universal solvent, which means it will dissolve anything that it's in contact with if it's given enough time. So that means um, if a building plumbing has any lead, leaded materials in it, that water can dissolve that leaded material into the water. And also just to let you know that um, even though lead solder and pipes were banned in 1986, uh, valves and fixtures are still allowed to have up to point two five percent leaded material so even newer buildings may have some small amounts of leaded materials in their plumbing so everyone needs to be uh, conscientious of this and and test the water for for lead to see if there is an issue uh, some of the things that we uh, recommend is um, a good flushing program for schools uh, to undergo, to, to remove any of that leaded material and that stagnant water out of the plumbing system. 
So you had mentioned that, you know, flushing process that schools may go through. What are the steps that they can take to find out how they would actually um, qualify for that or who can they work with in their local community to get that flushing process done? Yeah, um, we here at Eagle did develop two guidance documents for flushing. One is for flushing um, uh, once or twice a year, and it's a it's a real deep, extensive flushing. Um, and then the other one is what we call a fresh tap flushing method, where they you just run the the uh, taps for like thirty seconds to a minute. That guidance is on our website. We have a, a website, um, michigan.gov slash school water. Uh, so that helps uh, explain some of the flushing guidance. Schools can always contact me for assistance on um, flushing individual buildings because every building is unique and different and needs a different uh, flushing process. And the website that you mentioned is certainly a wonderful resource. There's so so many great documents and so many great links out there. Can you um, share a little bit more, Holly, about the other things that schools might find out there that could be helpful to them as they look at this topic? Yes, um, making sure that uh, they check aerators on uh, faucets and uh, clean uh, aerators, clean the fixtures themselves, um, replace older fixtures with certified lead-free um, fixtures. Um, those are some of the some of the things that that a school can can do to uh, improve the water quality within their building and also develop a water management plan which puts all of this together in a scheduled uh, process for them. Perfect. And, and that's some great resources at the state level. And certainly, um, you know, your, um, your role at the state is a wonderful partnership for schools and a great opportunity. You mentioned um, some instances where a local health department might have jurisdiction here. Is there other local community partners that schools should be engaged with um, that could help them in this area? Local health departments are a great resource. Um, pretty much any uh, Anyone in the community that wants to help provide that safe environment in a school um, should be uh, utilized from schools. Um, we have some public advocates out there that uh, will help out as needed. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other um, community resources right now. A lot of times we have entrepreneurs within the community that are willing to um, provide some funds for remediation efforts um, or provide funds for filters or for bottle fill stations, that type of thing. Uh, school just has to reach out to their community and ask for help. So Holly, I'm a father of four boys with uh, kids in multiple buildings across our local district. And I'm wondering, you know, from a parent's perspective, um, how do you ensure or how can you uh, understand the quality of water in the buildings and, you know, what are some steps that you can recommend parents uh, utilize or how do they engage with the school in this process? 
That's a great question, Orlando. I, I think the first thing that parents need to do is simply communicate with the administrators in their school and ask them what they are doing to protect the health of the children for the drinking water in the in the building. Um, so asking, you know, what is being done uh, if the school is doing any water testing and if they are doing any water testing, ask to uh, see what the results are. Uh, the schools need to make those available to parents and, and others who are interested in what the results are. So from an administrative standpoint, how can our school administrators get out in front of this? Uh, the first thing that all school administrators should do is develop a communication plan, and it should be prior to water testing if they can. Um, a water uh, or a communication plan um, is where they would develop a team of technical and communication experts, um, identify who they need to communicate with, what types of communication they're going to use uh, to get the uh, information across to the parents and the staff, um, to develop a message that's going to include all information uh, that is needed to be transparent uh, to all the parents. Um, so the schools need to first do that. They need to communicate with uh, parents and staff um, early and continuously in the entire process. So Holly, you talked about the parents advocating for their children. You talked about the administrators putting a plan in place. Um, what about the teachers and the students? I know when testing is taking place, sometimes students are wondering what's going on in the building? Yeah. Who are these extra people that I see? So what are some things that teachers can say to students to help them understand about the testing, about water quality, and the benefits of having clean water? Oh, sure, Megan. That's, that is so important to, to let teachers and the, the children, the students know what's going on in advance. Um, I've been in buildings before where I've been helping with the uh, plumbing assessments or sampling. Uh, usually when we're sampling, uh, there's no one in the building. Um, but once in a while, we go through to do pre-sampling pre uh, preparation. And uh, yeah, I, I get that question too. The kids are saying, oh, what are you guys doing here? And it's awesome. I, I just love it uh, that they're so inquisitive. So what's really important is to do some education up front. Um, to prepare everyone, teachers and the students, as to um, the um, health effects of uh, quality drinking water, um, what testing involves, um, and how their uh, how they ways they can reduce their risk of lead in the drinking water, and it's really important to to. Uh, have a positive message. I try to always make my message positive that, um, you know, uh, quality wa uh, drinking water is important for your development um, and for um, good, uh, um, uh, just, just for your body overall, instead of trying to come up with the negative aspects that, you know, lead is bad for you, that type of thing. So we're trying to focus more on the positive 
message for quality, good quality and healthy drinking water. Matter of fact, Megan, our, uh, our tagline is healthy water, healthy kids. And so we try to promote that mostly. Well, Holly, your um, your organization, um, your role, um, so important on this really vital topic, as you said, to make sure our kids are healthy um, and everyone has safe drinking water while while they're in their school building. So um, I know you shared your website um, here a minute ago, but if you could share that with our listeners one more time of where, how the best way is to get a hold of you if they have questions and how to find those great resources on on your website as well. Sure. Our website address is uh, www.michigan.gov slash school water. And if you simply Google Michigan school water, um, that, that should pop up. Uh, and there's a lot of information on that website. Um, and I believe my name and, and contact phone number is on the website also, but if it, uh, they've changed it recently, if they took that off from there, um, Holly Golke and my uh, email address is gohlkeh at michigan.gov. My phone number is 517-220-1904. And I'm happy to get any calls or emails of questions or concerns or um, just to chat. Perfect. Well, we, oh, sorry, we, we really appreciate um, all your time and this has been extremely insightful. Um, we hope schools take advantage of this great information to, to make sure and have these resources available um, as they move forward with this important topic. So, so we want to thank Holly for joining us today, um, talking about school drinking water from the Michigan Department of Environment and Great Lakes and Energy. Thank you, Holly. Thank you all for, for having me on. This is such an important topic uh, for schools. Perfect. Thank you so much, Holly. We appreciate your time today. Thanks. So we're here with our two guests, Lily and Stephanie from Escuelab on Samos Academy. Uh, Stephanie, can you tell us, can you give us a, a flavor and a feel, or can you give our audience a feel for the students that you're serving, where you're located, how many students you guys have in the building? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do so. Um, so Escuelab and Samos in the Southwest Detroit area, um, what we, we, we call ourselves um, Escuelita. We're, 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 the, we're the school that keeps on going. Um, we serve predominantly Latino students um, in the Southwest uh, Detroit community area. Um, we're not really a neighborhood school. We bus in um, from the, the zip codes in the Southwest Detroit area, about 90% of our students. So we're really lucky in the way that we're outside their neighborhoods, but they trust us, they come to us. Um, we are at 375 students um, and really proud to say that we have grown um, exponentially in the last couple of years. Um, I, I really think, again, that speaks to the trust our families and students have in us. And how did you guys find out about the um, school drinking water program and what led you to that uh, discussion there in the school building? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, Miss Shantae Johnson, who is our admin manager. Um, so last year, you know, with COVID, our students were um, learning from home, our building was empty. And Holly um, had emailed us, um, you know, requesting that we get tested, you know, or wa our water get tested. It was still for a little bit. Um, and so they came out to do a, a testing and the data was um, helpful, right? It wasn't, you know, alarming by any means, but it, it was clear that we needed to make moves um, in our in our approach to, to providing water to students. And at that point we were using Acid Pure um, water coolers. Um, but you know, through conversation with Holly, um, we got really invested in, in the school water drinking program and the next steps from there. And how did that really lead you on a path? What were those next steps um, that you took after you did get that data from the state? Um, what kind of initiatives could, could other schools be considering as they're looking at the same issues? Yeah, absolutely. So Holly was really helpful in one, letting us know that legislation may pass into in 2022 regarding getting bot water bottle filling stations. Um, and I know she was working with um, our team to figure out financing and, and grants and scholarships um, and also letting us know what requirements might come down the path when we're looking at these water bottle filling stations. So, so in partnership with her, we, we started identifying companies out there, um, started doing our own research, you know, using her as a, um, you know, as a support, uh, you know, to recommend certain water bottle filling stations to not. Um, and from there, we internally, though, did identify our own company to move forward with. Um, and through her recommendation, use care dollars to support that implementation, the installation of the units. So Lily, from the teacher perspective, how have you involved the students in this process? So it was really exciting. We actually did a few activities um, revolving around water and how important water is to us as human beings. So we started off by having conversations about, you know, what is water and what do we use it for? And then coming up with all the list of the gazillion things that we do use water for. And then how much water do you think we actually use in a day? And then hearing the actual result blew their minds. And this all was happening right around the time that the water filling stations were being um, installed. So we were able to really link it and make it become this real life thing because we studied the world. Each um, partner pair got a piece of the map of the world and they had to look and see how much fresh water there was, how much salt water there was, how much land there was, how much frozen fresh water there was. And then at the very end, we collected all the data and we presented it in a graph. And everybody thought that there was more fresh water in the world. And when they saw how very little fresh water we actually have on earth, their minds just like blew apart. Um, so it was really interesting. We were able to have really good conversations about like what it means to drink water and use water appropriately and having the water bottles that the school provided um, really gave them ownership of like giving their bodies the right hydration and knowing like, okay, this is, this is something that like we need, but it's something we also have to use appropriately. And um, it was really, really exciting to see them really start seeing these connections between like water and drinking and, um, you know, recycling, reduce, reuse, recycle, and really um, 
focusing on that. So Stephanie, um, for many of our podcast listeners, drinking water is, might not be at the top of their list, uh, the top of their list of concerns. It might be just a given that they have on a daily basis. Can you talk about some of the environmental challenges um, either directly in your community or in the surrounding communities where your kids come from that uh, create challenges for you that, that kind of raise this issue up for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, being in the Southwest Detroit area, right, we, we're right next to the Rouge, uh, River Rouge. Um, we know that there is um, increased lead in the community, right? We, we um, often have times where families come in and um, we're helping them navigate fresh water, you know, getting fresh water in their homes, whether it's because of a landlord situation, right? Um, we know that our students are at an increase in, in high lead exposure. And so we did not want our site to be um, a place, you know, we wanted, we wanted our students to have access to fresh water, right? We know that it is, um, you know, essential. <laughs> we know that it, it is a right for them to have that access. Um, and so although, it, you know, this was in the midst of COVID and we had many concerns, um, it, it remained high priority for us. When our students returned, we wanted them to have access to fresh water um, and to have, you know, to know that they had that right. And so um, it was something that we worked really hard for. We advocated for with our finance team. Um, I will say for any schools out there who are wanting to, to look at this, there, you know, we, we purchased these in May and they came in in September, right? So shipping and manufacturing, just keeping that top of mind that, you know, if this is a priority, even down the road, um, moving forward with it sooner rather than later so that you can have um, those, those units installed and, and give your students that access. Um, and then I think the water bottles, we, we also purchased every student a water bottle. And I think that was also communicating to our students the importance of recycling and, and, and bottle usage, right? And, and, and also responsibility within themselves. So um, we were really excited to um, unveil these. Um, and if I may, Orlando, you, you didn't you know, ask this question just specifically, but I think another benefit to this was staff morale. Um, you know, we talk all the time. I joke about how, you know, these big businesses like have all these, you know, really fancy things. And at schools, we don't even have fresh water sometimes. And so um, our staff being able to, you know, them being able to get access to fresh water and to use these water bottle filling stations has been, I think it's just a small thing has been, you know, really good with staff morale as well. Letting them know we prioritize, you know, their safety. And I think you've given some great insights here, Stephanie and Lily, of how, how to engage, like you're saying, at the staff level, at the student level, the water bottle idea. Is there any other general advice um, that you would give a school that, as Orlando said, some may not have been thinking about this previously as they kind of step into this space um, that you wish you would have known when you had started? Um. I think using contacts, right? Um, you see Emu as a contact. Um, Holly was substantial, um, or was sorry, very helpful in um, as a resource. Using those resources out there, um, making sure you you are asking the companies what units they have, and making sure it fits, you know, criteria um, provided to you by Holly. Um, that would be really helpful. I think that that is my recommendation. Um, other than that, I think just keeping it high priority and, and advocating for getting those units installed. Um, Lily, is there anything on your end for students? For me, um, I think the best advice I could give is to just 
have them relate to it in any way possible. Um, it really made it come alive for my students, the way that we worked through the different um, experiments and things that we did revolving around water at the time. And it really just brought their attention to it and they use it all the time now. We have breaks where they can go and get water. Um, like Stephanie said, it is a right. And I've been really encouraging them like, you know, they're sixth graders, they're getting a little bit older, they're growing, taking care of your body and placing the importance of like drinking water and making sure you're taking care of yourself, self, especially now in the time of COVID where, you know, where health is top priority, you want to be at your very best at all times. And just having those conversations and reminders with students, I think are very important. Perfect. Well, we really appreciate all of your insights. Like we said, a lot of great ideas here for other schools to hear um, as um, they might start thinking about this as well, or if they're even um, down this path along with you and maybe some of the ideas here might help them. So we really appreciate you, Lily and Stephanie, joining us today um, and sharing your thoughts with your colleagues in other schools. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you.